Jesus gathered the disciples and many others that followed, and he taught them many, many principles of his kingdom. If you have never studied Matthew 5, 6, and 7, it is... It is something I would urge you to study because it is foundational to understanding God and His ways. And um, in Matthew chapter 6, at verse 25, I'll begin reading and read down through verse 34. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, I ask that your spirit would make personal in every life here today the truths of your word. And Lord, I pray that it would produce fruit, not just today, but Lord, eternal fruit. I pray that we would not just be challenged and and moved, but Lord, that we would be changed by your spirit. I rejoice that you know every one of us intimately. You know our hearts. You know every detail about us. You know your purposes for every one of us. Help us today to understand the next step that you would have for us and that you would find in us hearts eager and willing to obey. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We often will make comments to people, are you a person of faith? And in so doing, we are, are by asking that, 
from our framework, we're asking, are you, in essence, a follower of Christ? But it's a pretty broad statement to say, are you a person of faith? Honestly, everyone is a person of faith, if you please. Everyone believes something. I mean, they they look to something as a standard. They trust something. They depend on something. They believe something. And I fear many times, even in Christian circles, we... We underestimate this aspect of faith and understand from God's perspective what is the faith that he's talking about. You know, you read this this passage in Matthew chapter 6, and he's teaching them indeed, but then he kind of brings a, a goad into it when he says to them, don't you understand God takes care of the birds and, and he's the one that clothes the lilies of the field? And then he says, oh, you of little faith. I mean, that was not a compliment to them. He was, he was saying to them, come on, look around you. I am the God of all this and I am the God of you as well. And and you notice when he says, Oh, you of little faith, he didn't direct them anywhere else but to himself. Because the measure of your faith is not the amount of faith that you have. It's what your faith is in. And in this passage, he, he's bringing it all back to God. And as followers of Christ, all of Christianity is built on faith. We read in Habakkuk and Romans, the just shall live by faith. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith, not by sight. And, and we have a lot of different ideas about faith. Sometimes people think the walking by faith, not by sight, means we're just stepping off into the dark and and don't know what's going on. Uh, That's really not a correct picture of faith. Faith rests. Faith, and, and we're using the term faith in God, biblical faith, Faith in God rests in a number of basic foundational facts. You know, one of the unique things about about being a pastor is that often we, we are privileged to and oftentimes thrust into situations that we're made a part of the struggles that people have in their life. And and so 
as I come here today, you know, I think back in preparation, I think back to some of the things that have just gone on this last year. Some of the things that are visible to people, loss of loved ones and so on. Many things that aren't visible to people, only to those that are involved in it. And and on one hand, my heart is greatly encouraged. Some have gone through some some deep, deep valleys, and their faith is still strong. And we say, praise God for that. And there's some that that are in the midst maybe of a valley and, and their faith may be, I don't know, where is God in this? And, and what am I supposed to be doing here? And I'm certain every one of us can look at times in our life where there, there really was a darkness. And maybe we really couldn't see God in it. And honestly, there may have been a big question mark there about, maybe even about God. And that's where our faith needs to be, as we sang, founded in the Word of God. And I'm going to list this morning seven things This isn't an exhaustive list, but seven things that faith rests in. And and I would encourage you, they're nothing new, there's nothing unique in this, but I would encourage you to write these down. I am certain you will have days ahead of you that you'll need to come back and read this and say, God, you know what? I don't feel this right now, but I know this is true. I can't see this right now, but I believe, not just I believe. I was thinking this morning, and I've shared it before, you know, there's there's the sports team will do the cheer, I, and then the team will say, I, I believe, I believe, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that we will win, I believe that, you know what, you can believe your team's going to win, but if they're slow, weak, and stupid, they're probably not going to win. If they get the ball and run the wrong way, and and it's, I'm not faulting that cheer. That's just a simple little thing. You can believe all you want, but it depends in what you're believing in. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we're believing in God, and we're believing, number one, that God is good. Have you ever had a time in your life where you thought, I don't believe God is good? If God is good, why is this happening to me? 
And there may be times, there will be times that that will happen in your life. How is this good? And we could list many examples, but a supreme example would be Joseph. And we're not going to take the time to expand on that. But everything about God's nature is good. There is, there is nothing evil. There is nothing devious. There is nothing dark. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. He is completely separate from sin. And there will be times you will be tested and you're going to need to come back and say, on the basis of God's Word, I know that God is good. And everything else may be shouting at you and you may have people saying... And, and maybe even pointing, if, if your God is good, why, why is this happening in your life? Or it may be your own voice, your own heart saying that. And our faith has to be founded in this. There are so many applications, but Adam and Eve really believed that God was withholding something good from them. And they did not believe that God was good. They believed he was withholding something that they deserved, that they had the right to rule their own life and so on. Faith rests in the fact that God is good and, and again, we're, we are not going to take the time to expand on all of these, but I want you to, to get in and study the Scriptures and say, okay, let, let me see. Don't take any of this because I say this is true. It has to be based on the Word of God. Secondly, God knows best. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. My ways may seem right, but God's ways are best. As for God, His ways are perfect. Psalm 1830. As for God, His ways are perfect. Do you realize God never has plan B? His ways are perfect. God did not God did not say, "Oh no, man sinned. Now we have to get a redeemer, a savior." His ways are best. Do his ways contradict our ways? Often. But to know that God knows what is best. He's the one that created me. He's the one that designed me. He's the one that has um, put all the events in my life. And he's able to take all that. And, and God knows what is best. There's no question in that. Thirdly, God has a purpose for everything. 
everything that comes into your life will not be good. But God has a purpose for it that can magnify His name. We are, we are not just random creatures that are just wandering through this life and there is no purpose. We are part of the great narrative that's God's story. And God has a purpose for everything. In Sunday school, Brother Seth shared about when they were robbed and beaten and held at gunpoint. And you visit with them and very, very dark days. But God's been peeling back some of the purposes for all that. What was the lady's name? best friends of Amy's, and she prayed, God, if this is the truth, send them back again. In the midst of the darkness, they weren't seeing any of that. But God said, I am at work in this. I have a purpose for this. And God is at work in your present circumstances today. I don't know what your present circumstances are. But you are not just out here forgotten and and God, oh, whoa, whoa, I forgot about that. No, God is at work in your present circumstances. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. The very thing that you may have experienced in the last year or experiencing now, you can rest in the fact. Biblical faith says, you know what? I don't understand it, but I know God is at work in it. I know His ways are best. I know He has a purpose for everything He does. And I know that right now, He is at work. Knowing this, that God, Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, God began a good work in you. The moment you, you, you came to the point of repentance where you said, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I cannot save myself. I need your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The moment you called upon him for the forgiveness of sin, God gave His Spirit and He began a good work in you. And Philippians 1 says that He will continue that good work until the day of Jesus Christ. There may come times in your life where you feel, I'm completely forgotten, nobody knows, nobody cares. And that's where you have to come back to the reality of faith that, wait a minute, God is at work in my present circumstances. He has a purpose for this. He knows what is best, and He is good. But we said our belief 
Our faith is only as strong as the object of our faith. And that's where we have to realize that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That is why God, one of the reasons God created the marvels of his creation. And in this passage, he said, consider this. And he's pointing to creation. Consider the birds. I take care of them. Consider the lily of the field. I'm the one that designed them. And many of you ladies are are superb in your flower gardens and and the incredible brilliant flowers that are there that that no person can create and God is saying I'm just showing you this I am able more than able the song says to accomplish what concerns you today but it's so easy for us to minimize and shrink a God down to what our mind can comprehend. And that God is enabled. The God of the Bible is able. And, and all these Bible stories, don't relegate them to Bible stories. They are God saying to us, look at I am able. He told the priests of Israel, when you put your feet in the water, then I will part the waters. I've always, I've always thought, man, oh me of little faith, I, I would have had my wading boots on because I would, these waters aren't going to be parting. And all these accounts throughout the Bible, are to remind us, I am the God of all creation. There is nothing that is too hard for me. Why do you have such a little God that you are depending in? God is able to do far more than we can ever ask or think. Number six, God will test my faith. We studied recently through the book of First Peter. And he said, your faith, which is much more precious than gold, the trial of your faith, though it may be tested by fire, might be found unto the praise of God. And he, he then went on and said, don't think it strange as, as some unusual thing that You are going through a fiery trial which is to try you. Charles Spurgeon said this, The eclipse of your faith, the darkness of your mind, the fainting of your hope, all these things are but parts of God's method of making you ripe for the great inheritance upon which you shall soon enter. These trials are for the testing and strengthening of your faith. They are waves that wash you further upon the rock. They are winds which waft your ship the more swiftly 
toward the desired haven. You notice what he said? These trials are for the testing and the strengthening of your faith. If you are honestly look back at your journey of faith, you will see that the times of your greatest growth in the walk with God have been times that your faith has been tested. And it shouldn't surprise us that as believers, our, our faith will be tested. He guaranteed it. And it's a purifying, it's a, it's a purging, it's a pruning, it's to make it to grow, it's to establish the roots of it to go down deeper. God will test my faith. And number seven, God will reward faith. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Of course, you know, Hebrews 11 is the great faith chapter. But notice if you'd look in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. For you have need of patience or endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice that. You have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. You have need of patience, endurance, that after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Notice if you look in Hebrews 11 and verse 38. He's speaking of these who by faith back up verse 36, verse 36, still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. How did these that were sawn asunder and wandered about in sheepskins and were hiding in caves because of their faith in Christ, how did they not give up? Because they knew that their faith would someday be rewarded. Was it rewarded in this life? No. Some of them were sawn asunder. That flies in the face of prosperity gospel, doesn't it? Some of them were beaten and scourged, and yet today, around the world, these same things happen. What keeps these people from giving up and denouncing God? 
They believe God is good. They believe God knows what is best, that he is at work in their present circumstances, that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that they ask or think, and they know that their faith will someday be rewarded. The songwriter says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. I marvel in Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, When I come, will I find faith on the earth? What kind of faith will he find in your heart? The problem is not having more faith. Jesus taught that about, he taught his disciples about forgiveness and, and forgive them if they come to you seven times in the day. The same thing. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And, and he taught them and the disciples when they heard it said, Oh, this is impossible. Increase our faith. And Jesus said, you don't need more faith. It's who your faith is in. How do I build my faith? Focus on God. You notice every one of these. God is good. God knows best. God has a purpose. God is working. God is able. God will test God will reward. The reason our faith is weak is because we've taken our focus off God. And and we create this God after our own image. And we create this God who is a small God. and, And our faith is weak. What can that God do? Every one of those seven characteristics... Center on God. Years ago, I was, um, we were challenged to, to just think about the names of God and, and to use it to remind you of who God is. And we went through and, and, and just put together, I won't, I won't bore you with it, but I put it together with with just some music but i often in the midst of a trial will come back and say abc's throughout the bible god i want to thank you that you are alpha and omega the bright and morning star that you are the creator the deliverer the everlasting father what's after f I drew a blank. Governor of nations, holy God is he, invisible, judge of men, king of kings and lord of lords, mighty, never-changing God, omnipotent, prince of peace and quickener. Our, my Man, I'm drawing, I should have wrote it out. Prince of Peace and Quickener, the righteous God is he. I said I wouldn't do this to you. (laughs) See, God humbles us, doesn't he? 
The righteous God is he, Savior and teacher, unchanging victor, wonderful Christos, my Yahweh, zealous God. You know what? In the midst of dark times, I'll start through those and say, God, I'm thankful that you are the Alpha and Omega. In the midst of this darkness, you're the bright and morning star. You're the only light that there is. God, thank you that you are my creator. You are the deliverer. And I have yet to get through all 26 of those without it changing my heart. Why? Because it's focusing on God. It's not some big secret. We just need to focus on God, the God of the Bible, and then understand that's what my faith is in Him. And understanding that will we'll transform our lives, will take us through the darkness of the things that come in life. The central claim of the Bible is that truth is a person to be known, not a set of facts to be memorized. These, these seven things that we think, they're not, they're not just facts to be memorized. This is, this is a, we're introducing ourselves to God. This is who He is. Anything and everything other than God alone will fail you. It's just a matter of time. But God will never fail. And I trust today you will be, if if there's one thing I would want you to walk out today, it's I need to focus on God more than ever. I want a heart that says like Paul, that I may know Him. I want God more than anything else. And and in realizing that, the songwriter summed it up. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth that shake our faith, that cause us to question and doubt, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would come to see You as You are. And I know as we do, our faith will be strengthened. Lord, I pray if there's one here today who has never personally, by faith, believe that you paid the penalty for their sin and receive the gift of eternal life, Lord, I pray today would be the day of salvation. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer. Help us to see that faith isn't a one-time thing in turning from our sin to you, that we are to walk by faith. And Lord, I pray that we would not have to hear you say, Oh, you of little faith. 
I pray that every day we would come to know you more and that our faith in you would grow as we know you more. Lord, thank you for those that even this last year have have weathered various testings and storms and their faith is still strong. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray for others that have faced storms of difficulty and, and perhaps they're battered through it to some degree. Lord, may today they turn their eyes upon you and look full in your wonderful face. And may they come to be strengthened, established, and settled in their faith. Lord, I pray for every one of us here today that our hearts would be turned toward you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand again.